Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, for the very first time, I will be joined by a guest co-host. Please help me welcome Adam Bivari, Variety Senior Entertainment Writer. So why Adam this week? Because the man knows anything and everything there is to know about Marvel and superheroes. And I thought it would be great to have him on the show today because we're going to be talking to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier star, Sebastian Stan. Hi, Adam. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for finding the time to be on. Um, I couldn't think about doing this interview without you. I know you've been following uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know, uh, the ins, the outs, from the start to the finish, to the beginning, to the middle. <laughs> you you just know, you really do know everything about Marvel and superheroes, don't you? Well, I mean, I don't think any one person could know everything about Marvel and superheroes, <laughs> but I certainly try. Where where did this where did this fandom come from for you? Well, I mean, this gets into the whole DC versus Marvel split. Mm-hmm. I think I was a big fan of Superman first. Um, okay. I, when I was a little kid, I would wear a Superman cape everywhere, uh, <laughs> and through a huge fit when I had to take it off. And when I turned 16, I finally put it away. No, just kidding. Um, so, but, but, you know, I think that that was my sort of gateway drug. And, um, and then, you know, I think part of it is that uh, one of the things that is inescapable about Marvel Studios is how dominant a force they are within entertainment in general and mm-hmm. how transformative. They've approached storytelling on a feature film scale in a way that nobody has ever even attempted before. And they've, Mm. and they've been wildly successful doing it. And the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is a sort of great example of a kind of show that couldn't really exist prior to the MCU because Sebastian Stan, who we'll be talking to, he was playing this role in 2011 in the first uh, Captain America movie. So he's been with this part for 10 years and uh, I think you you can't really there's no there's no comp there you can't really there's no corollary <laughs> I guess maybe James Bond like you know the James Bond movies kind of are the closest you could get to right. that kind of longevity you know in a single role that starts in film but um, the so it, it, I, just as a film lover on top of a superhero lover m- what Marvel's been doing is just so interesting and um, uh, impactful. It's just it's just had such a major uh, uh, imprint on the way that the industry operates. So, is Superman still your favorite superhero? Oh God, um, no. I think that's <gasps> become. Um, I think it's partly because uh, what Christopher Reeve was able to do with Superman is is sort of unique unto itself and every other iteration mm-hmm. of Superman has on the big screen has, has left me wanting in one way or another. Um, so geez, I, I think, um, that's a really good question. I think right now, I think my favorite superhero movie of the last 15, 20 years is the first Wonder Woman movie. I think that that's mm-hmm. really fantastic, but, um, my favorite MCU movie is the Falcon is um is Captain America the Winter Soldier which came out in 2014 mm-hmm. where what what happens to Bucky's character 
you know, he becomes this sort of assassin who is used by the evil Hydra organization and he's brainwashed and, and put into cold storage when they don't need him. <laughs> so um, he's uh, the, and the way that that movie sort of explores the relationship between Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers and the deep sort of bond of brotherhood and friendship that they have, the really sort of emotional bond um, is something that the, that has really, really sustained that the MCU in a lot of ways and, and has made a lot of fans really interested in Bucky as a character. Did, did you ever think, I mean, when you first became a fan or even now, the abundance of MCU um, content that was, I mean, Disney Plus, it seems like every other day we're, we're hearing about another uh, Marvel show that's coming. Yeah. It's um, in, where before it, it was just, it was just the movies. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I think, you know, when, when the first Avengers movie premiered, like four movies had hap- had had happened before that. Let's see, Iron Man, mm-hmm. Iron Man Two, The Incredible Hulk. No, f- sorry, five. Five MCU movies had premiered before the Avengers, and uh, when uh, Avengers Endgame premiered, it was the twenty second Marvel movie, and and now there are at least twenty nine titles on film and in television. From uh, that are going to premiere in this year and through the and then through the rest of uh, the 2020s that Marvel's announced that Marvel's announced. Right. There are other titles that we're expecting them to announce that haven't that we haven't heard word on yet, and then titles that we don't even know about. So just the giant explosion in content that they've made is it's it's unprecedented, and I know I would never have guessed that it would be it would get this big. I mean, even listen, I'm a fan. I'm not obviously I'm not a fan to the extent that you are and I don't have the knowledge that you are. But, you know, something like WandaVision, it was so fresh and it was so Mm -hmm. it seems seemed it was it was so new. And it was such a, you know, they Marvel really does outdo themselves for the most part. Yeah. I mean, the thing that is, I think, sustained Marvel most often is that they try not to remain stagnant. They try to make each one of their movies and now TV shows feel different in some way. Mm. So, you know, like, for example, the first Captain America movie was a sort of like a, an old, like a period war movie, a World War II right. war movie. And the second Captain America movie was like a 1970s conspiracy thriller, but really sort of just a kind of contemporary, a very contemporary sort of like urban warfare thriller. And, mm. uh, and then WandaVision is this sort of like bizarre, almost David Lynchian at, at times, sort of look at the way that TV operates and, and like how we use TV as, as comfort to get over grief. And, uh, you know, unlike anything we'd ever seen before. And then The Falcon and the Winter Soldier does sort of harken back a little bit to that kind of the, the feeling of the Winter Soldier movie, which is that sort of like urban warfare kind of thing, but on a global scale. You know, it, it, it hops over the entire world and introduces new parts of the, the MCU universe to, to, uh, to the larger MCU. And so they really try to bring something new every time. Well, we're going to take a short break right now. But when we come back, Sebastian Stan talks The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, questions about Bucky's sexuality, and of course, Stan's upcoming portrayal of Tommy Lee in the Hulu miniseries about the rocker's marriage to Pamela Anderson, following the release of their infamous sex tape. But first, let's go inside the pages of this week's Variety. 
In this week's Our Town, we tell you about Obey, a fitness app created by former CAA agents Mark Mullet and Ashley Mills. To gear up for the release of Disney's Cruella, Obey will be hosting classes inspired by their iconic movie villain over Memorial Day weekend. Sculpted dance cardio instructor Peter Tucci will be dressed as Ms. DeVille in a wig supplied by Disney. Other classes will lead participants through 101 burpees, push-ups, and more as a nod to the 1961 animated film's famous Dalmatians. Read more about Obey in this week's Variety or online at Variety.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, here's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier star, Sebastian Stan. Hey, how are you? Hey, Sebastian. Thank you for joining us on Just for Variety. I have no worries. A, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Of course. I have a special guest host today, Adam B. Mary. Hi, Sebastian. And everything there is to know about Marvel. So I wanted him to be here with, with you. Okay. Um, but what I really want, I want to know is, do you remember the day that you got the call? And they said they want you to play Bucky. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I was uh, actually in L.A. and it was uh, April 1st and oh. I got a <laughs> Yeah, it was April Fool's Day. And I and I and I remember I was on set working on something and then and then this this unknown number called me and I, and so I was, I was like, okay, I'm not picking, I, you know, I don't usually pick up unknown numbers and um, I kept shooting. And then, and then an hour or two later, I finally looked at my voicemail and I saw there was a voicemail there from, and so I was like, okay. And so then I clicked on it and it was, and it was Kevin. And, and, and then Kevin he Feige. was like, hey, yeah. And he was like, Hey, Sebastian, we were trying to reach you. Just want to let you know, we'd love, you know, we'd love to do this with you. We'd love for you to play James Bucky Barnes. And anyway, give me a call back. Like very casual about it all. <laughs> and and I was, I, you know, it was it was a really crazy day. It was a really really crazy day. But it, but it was it was it's one of those days where sometimes like it's like there's nothing better when you're on set working already on a job. And then you know that you have something else coming up. <laughs> and so, and it was so, and, and in those days, I really never knew what was going to happen next. And, and so it was a really nice call. You've played that part now for 10 years off and on. And one of the things that was so wonderful about the finale of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was we got to see Bucky happy and sort of lighthearted. It was as if a sort of weight had been lifted a little bit from him. You know, you've been playing this character who had was carrying so much baggage because of all of the damage he had done as the Winter Soldier. I'm wondering what was that like for you to have like, you know, he it's sort of this big celebration moment and you get to sort of cut loose in a way that that Bucky really hadn't had a chance to before. Yeah, no, I I I loved it. I mean, I knew I knew going into it you know, that it was going to be a show 
that was going to really double down on the relationship with Anthony and the dynamic that we sort of started to establish. And so I knew there were going to have to be comedic moments and lighter moments and, and a different sort of path for this character than we've seen so far. And I just, I just wanted to get there in, in an, in an organic way that felt earned, you know, it wasn't to me a journey that we could just immediately overnight, just get him to be all free and open and cracking jokes and making, you know, it was sort of like, what was his tone was, was a big question for the series. And I think we discovered that while we were shooting, um, primarily because there was a lot of material there for us now finally to sort of take and run away and make it our own. And then I think Anthony and I coming in with our backgrounds from the movies and having played the characters could, could merge our experience with sort of the new ideas about the characters. And then what evolved is what you saw, you know, it's like suddenly the humor about Bucky came out of this, <laughs> you know, like he's like an old guy trapped in a world that's moving very fast. And he's just trying to kind of, and that was the, that was the humor there, you know, kind of this and, and, and with Anthony too, they just really were an odd couple, you know, it was like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon. I mean, like, that's what yeah. we, we dealt, you know, we, we, but it was, but it was nice to get him to that place for sure. And exciting, you know, in terms of, where it's all gone when when you did first sign on to the role was the contract for a decade does it say like you're going to be with us for at least 10 years no i mean <laughs> nobody when i signed on for the role first of all 2010 all that had happened essentially was iron man i think and maybe one other movie i i don't know even if thor had happened but Anyway, they were Marvel was very new and and young, if you will, if you you know you could say. I mean, so everybody was in this place, which I think to some extent still is the same place today, which is a a, a place of excitement, desire, kind of hope for continuation, possibilities, what ifs but never kind of jumping the gun too soon, you know? And so like, I was always, which I think there's a, which is what I love about working there. I think with Kevin and everybody is that there's a real humble nature to the whole thing. It's like, Hey, what, what do you think? Like, what if we did this? So we could do that. Maybe we could do this, but again, we have to see, right? Like, let's hope we're lucky enough and they still say that, like after 10 years, you know, I go, you know, you've been pretty lucky, right? Like, but they're still sort of like, if we're lucky. <laughs> and it's, and so we've all kind of adopted this thing. Yeah, if we're lucky, then maybe we'll get to do another thing, you know? And, and I've sort of kind of come around to that. But at the time, nobody was saying like, by the way, for the next 10 years of your life, you're going to just be doing that. Like, nobody was saying that. It was just sort of like, hey, this is an interesting character that's going that's the path. And wouldn't it be great if maybe we get to do that? But anyway, we got to start here. So it's a day at a time. That makes a lot of sense. How have you been, you know, you, you started your relationship. Bucky started his relationship with, with Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackie, 
in uh, in uh, re- re- I mean, they they tussled a little bit in the in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, but they really their sort of rapport developed in Captain America: Civil War. I mean, everyone sort of cites that scene where uh, where Bucky wants Sam to put a seat up, and Sam says, "Nope." Uh, and that was sort of like that was the that was the seed of what has become this show. Uh, how did you develop that rapport with Anthony? How did you sort of work that out? It was honestly, I couldn't even tell you. It was totally spontaneous. We met, I think we met a little bit before. We probably had met at some kind of premiere or something, even before the, we definitely interacted in Winter Soldier and obviously in Civil War, we interacted more, but we just, I don't know. We just clicked. Like I, I, we just sort of clicked and kind of spent time together. And then we had done the press tour for the Winter Soldier movie, spent a lot of time together. And so it just kind of evolved. I, I, I mean, that scene was written as is, and we got in the car and we said the lines as they were written on the page. And then I guess the rest is what came out of <laughs> just sort of out of his his take on it and my take on it. You know. Just the, sort of one of those great kind of alchemic chemistry moments between actors where you just kind of click. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's funny, like we have we're very different, <laughs> you know, we're very we're very different, I think, as people in a lot of ways, like but like but like we want the same things and, and we, we actually have a lot, you know, we, we, we approach things the same way and we care the same. And there's a lot of passion and kind of like desire that goes into the ideas and, and into connecting and into kind of, but you know, we, we are odd in a, in a lot of ways. And so like, I think it's just that there's a natural combustion that comes from that because um, and I play into it and he plays into it and, and we have a lot of fun. Like, I mean, there are many times where he and I will look at each other and just say like, what if like you and I just did this and just didn't say anything about it and just like, how would people react? You know, like there, now we've, now we've sort of become aware of it, you know, as, whereas before, I think when we were first starting out, I guess when we were still getting to know each other really well, we were kind of like, I remember like being on that press tour with him and going, oh my God, like I gotta hang on. I'm on a roller coaster with this fucking lunatic. Like <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, I gotta keep up, you know. And then I and then I got better at it and I was like, okay, like we're gonna have fun and this is how it's gonna be. And you know, he did. He broke me out of my shell in a lot of ways, you know, made me a lot more comfortable in in I guess taking things not so seriously all the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think a lot of audiences picked up on that chemistry that you had with with Anthony and the chemistry that you had with with Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. Totally. You know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask because so many fans are so invested in Bucky's relationship with Steve and in Bucky's relationship with Sam now that there there's some that that very vocally want that relationship to be romantic. They want they want them to be a couple. And I'm right. wondering, like, when you see that kind of reaction, what's your, how do you feel about it? Is that something that you're intentionally playing? Or is that something, like, how, how where do you think that's coming from? 
I, I wouldn't know. Uh, honestly, I, I'm just, I'm just happy that the relationship is embraced and it should be embraced in whatever way, fashion, and any way that people desire and want it to be. That's what, that's what I love about movies and, and TV shows and the theater and this, uh, this form of expression, right. Is that, that, that you can have, you know, someone can see the same movie or the same thing as you and have an entirely different experience and find something within themselves that's true and honest and relatable. I think, you know, my goal has always been to, to, to do, uh, to, you know, with this role, with that relationship, with anything I've approached to, to just try and find, uh, be as honest as I possibly can and and then the rest is not up to me you know mm -hmm. that's not the you know i don't i don't strive to put some uh, you know uh mark on on that because it isn't my mark i'm just the actor the, i'm not the writer you know i i'm not and i'm certainly not the creator here you know i'm sort of the messenger if you will so if there are intentions or not or whatever i would be asking the writers to be honest but i you know i've always uh, I've always approached that relationship as, as being very close and, and one of family, you know, that was my take to it, you know? Um, but, uh, and, and, and those characters are very interlinked because they are the only thing they have um, to remind them of a past that no longer exists. I mean, again, our approach to those scenes, my approach to those scenes was always to find the truth. To it, and the truth was that these guys are actually experiencing something extremely traumatic. If you're actually looking at the truth of their experience, and you're taking away all the glitter and the glamour of a superhero, superpower, whatever you want to call it, you're talking about two people that are like entirely ripped from a world, thrown into another, and are just doing their best to make the right decisions. And all they have is each other. To look to each other and that journey is what it is, you know, mm -hmm. but is it love? For sure it's love. However you want to define that love is up to you, you know? Mm -hmm. so, it makes sense. So, so, so I, I guess I can't ask you, is Bucky bisexual? Because that was the big question that everyone <laughs> kept asking. Well, uh, I, again, that's not, I don't know. It, that's, that's, you should be asking the fans and, you know, everyone's got different interpretations. Let, let them have it. Were, were, you, were you surprised that the interpretation came down to like, okay, this is probably something romantic rather than just a platonic. And when I say just a platonic friendship, I understand it's a deep relationship, but taking it to a romantic level takes it to a different definition. Were you surprised by that reaction? I mean, Yes and no. I again, I don't I don't spend time like when the job is over, like I'm out. Like it's no longer I don't care how you view it. Like it's yours. It belongs to you now, you know? And so like I don't actually spend time like thinking like, you know, what what how is it going to be taken or whatever because I have no control over that. You know what I mean? Like and it's and it, in a way it's like I don't even talking about it feels like kind of cheaping, che like cheap, you know, like mm -hmm. why talk about it? Like why even just 
let it be what it is, you know, mm-hmm. and let it let it be, let it be all these things. Because then it's like, wow, well, you see, it's not, and, and it's like, no, man. Like when you go to a museum and you look at a painting, I mean, thank God, you know, it's like you don't have these painters anymore to sit there and tell you when I <laughs> when I was using the red color in the rainbow in the sun, I was thinking this, and when I was doing, it's like we first of all we need to stop like in my opinion like it's gotten you know we're analyzing things you know sometimes like art wise like i think or again i'm i'm like i'm 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 looking at like me looking at a painting like i'm not even do i dare even call this art whatever you know like it's like the magic of it to me is that it can be anything you want it to be so Mm -hmm. I feel like let's live it, let's let it live as it will and how you want it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes absolute sense. And I think that's a really healthy <laughs> attitude to have uh, for sure. And that's what's interesting about it. Like, it's like, I don't understand why like people are so obsessed with like spoiling things now. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's like, even if I, even if I'm a, a journalist or I'm a, or I'm a photographer or whatever, I'm, I'm going to take a picture on a set. And it's like, oh, my God, it's like, dude, remember, it used to be fun when you didn't know what was going to happen, like when you watched the movie or something or a TV show. Like, I guess it's amazing to debate forever, like what's going to happen. And and maybe that's cool, too. Like, but I saw I sometimes I, I don't know. I still believe in that beauty of the of the mystery of of something, you know, and 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 sometimes it's the emotional reaction to it rather than the the you know the analytical like mm. analysis of it that's more impactful now we're going to take another short break for one more peek inside this week's variety when my special guest co-host adam Vary and i return we talk to stan about his falcon and the winter soldier injuries and what it's been like transforming into rocker tommy lee for this week's Variety cover story, I talked to Selma Hayek. With the releases of Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard and Eternals on the horizon, Hayek could be on her way to becoming Hollywood's next big action star. In fact, she tells me that's what she's always wanted to do, more comedy and action, after making her first marks in Hollywood in Robert Rodriguez's Desperado. However, Hayek says Hollywood has loved to pigeonhole her as just a quote-unquote, sexy Mexican. Even so, her 30-plus year acting career has spanned all genres. Like she told me about the script that she wrote 17 years ago that she will finally get to direct this year, I never give up. Check out Selma Hayek on the cover of this week's Variety tomorrow. Here's more of Sebastian Stan. So now let's talk about what you're doing now. That photo... Yeah, how do you want to interpret that? That, that photo <laughs> went around the world in about two seconds. Right, yeah. So I have so many questions. One, we have to talk about your transformation because it's incredible. Oh, wow. And That's a who thing, decided that Lily should bite your nipple and that should be the photo <laughs> that should go out there? Uh, well... I think it was uh, everybody <laughs> because I remember I sent that photo to I sent that photo to Craig uh, Gillespie, our director, months ago when after I I found out about the role and 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 I said 
you know, and I found that picture and I, I just sent them that picture and I was like, this is what we're heading into. And, and it just sort of stuck. And then I know, you know, other people, it's a famous pic. I mean, it's been around that picture for a while of them and it's such a wild picture. And I don't know, we were, we were at the, we were doing the screen test and, and, um, and somebody, I can't remember who, I, mean, I think it was probably Craig, like, Hey, why, you know, like, let's just go out in the sun and like, why don't we do that? And, and, and then we were like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. And then, and then we just did it. And and then suddenly that was the picture that was <laughs> out there. So that, so that was from the screen test, the photo. That was from a uh, screen test. Yeah. Wow. The, the way that you, you, you and Lily James both transformed your, your appearance and your bodies I think that's one of the things that people really couldn't get over it, seeing that photo was how uncanny it was. And, you know, you've had to transform your body several times over, both for the Winter Soldier and now for this. Um, how, how is that process like for you to to look in the mirror and not and see not just see another character, but see this other person that you can reference that we know what he looks like looking back at you? Well, I mean, I just think, like I said, it just comes with the job, you know, I don't know. Um, it, I don't think about it too much. I mean, I just think it's, it's, again, it's, this is what's required and that's what you do, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, uh, like I said before, the, the, the goal is always to, you know, approach everything as honest as possible. And, and, um, and yeah, I think, I think as actors, uh, yeah, you've got to, you've got to, I don't know, you've got to keep being scared and afraid of things. You've got to keep doing things that are not, you know, that are going to take you out of your comfort zone and uh, sort of, you know, uh, push you further. And, 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 and uh, that's sort of what I'm, trying to do i guess that's kind of what i gravitate to more and more i feel like now especially as i get older is uh situations that um yeah that 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 help me kind of um you know you're always learning you're always trying to you're always kind of a detective of life and of characters and people and that's what it's about and and i think you know you sort of it becomes bigger than just like you and you know what you look like and stuff. And I don't know if that, there's no, I, I have no like funny ex- response. I, every time it just becomes like this esoteric thing. That I'm trying to describe. <laughs> but that's just what it is. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, like my favorite, my favorite actors that I always see, you know, like are just always um, doing very kind of scary things. I, I, you know, they're always just challenging and pushing themselves. And every time I'm, I'm listening to, interviews they always say the same thing it's like i'm scared to death you know and this is Mm. of course you know all of it is scary but it's much better to be scared than to sort of just know what you're getting into day after day you know it's magical to the audience to see that kind of transformation it's just sort of stunning to see to see that happen it's it's just wonderful to see well i i think uh i think yeah i mean it was it was ex- honestly, it was freeing to uh, <laughs> like, it was nice because I was walking around in these hoodies and like kind of like hats and 
trying like to i was like paranoid of being you know couldn't even like even these these interviews like just paranoid of being seen in this thing and i was like god i hope that they're going to finally release something that that we can be like okay now you see what what this is looking you know what we look like so we can keep keep going with our lives you know but um yeah it's uh it was nice to see the reception for sure so uh, speaking of keeping going with your life to circle back to the falcon and the winter soldier real quick um chris evans has been was always really vocal about seeing his time in the mcu as having an end point that you know he was going to play steve for a while and then and then when it when the time comes he was going to hang up the the shield and he was going to move on of course, now we're hearing reports that he might be coming back to the MCU. But regardless, I, I wanted to ask, how long do you see yourself playing Bucky? Again, I, it's like, I no idea, man. It's not up to me. It's like, I, I don't make these decisions, you know? I mean, as long as I'll keep calling, uh, I'm there, you know? But I, I don't know, you know? I... I get old too. Like, <laughs> like everyone on in the world, I age. So I don't know what that means. Maybe it doesn't mean anything. I have no idea. Like, I, it's just, I'm just like going for the ride, you know? Well, we saw what the, I mean, they're able to de-age people now with CGI. So you could, you could be 80 and yeah. playing Bucky. As a young man. May I be, may I be so lucky, you know, like, I mean, like that would be, it, it's really quite wild. It, it really is. Especially like when you, you know, cause you don't get to, I mean, I guess a lot of people, you know, I think on TV, right. There's shows that have gone on for so many seasons, you know, friends. I mean, there's a lot of like where you get to go and you play a character for such a long period of time. And, and, and it, it does like it, you have like a weird it's like gaining a family member it's like you know you're like gaining an, another like a like a brother or something you know in this case like for me uh you know because you get to see this character again and again and then you're always like growing up as as and it's they're sort of growing up with you in weird ways so it's but it's the, good the difference with friends though is that they're not doing crazy stunt work so getting yeah. and doing that stunt work, how does your body feel from when you first did it to how you're feeling these days? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, Tom Cruise, look, is uh, about to jump <laughs> off of a cliff, okay, on a motorcycle. So what the hell do any of us have to say for ourselves? I mean, like, you know, it's like uh, there's a bar being raised. Uh, but, but yeah, it definitely, it, you know, you're not recuperating the same at all you know and it's um <laughs> it's it's taxing but 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 again it's like you uh it's part of like staying in shape i guess for these things and and it, it's funny because you sort of um you have to just do a lot of work in order to like be free and spontaneous you know sort of look like you're Something that looks very effortless and cool probably took about a month to work. <laughs> it's never like you see it, you know. What what was your what was your worst injury playing Bucky? What happened to you? Um, there were a few, but I'll tell you in this last show, oh my god. I mean, I had a few on the on the first day. We we shot episode 5 at the very beginning of the shoot and that's the boat you know when when i go and i help him on the boat and the day one 
first day on set, I'm like jumping off this dock onto the boat to help him. And I just landed and twisted my ankle so badly that I thought it was broken. Like I actually couldn't walk on it. And I was like, it's day one. How are we going to, how am I going to get through? So like that was day one that took about a week and a half to two weeks of, of sort of like masking this, this lip that I had, you know, on the ankle, that was the beginning of the show. And then towards before the pandemic towards Christmas, I ended up breaking my toe, my, the little toe. And so there's that whole episode sequence. There's uh, episode three has this whole sequence where I'm, you know, in Madripoor with Daniel Brule and, and uh, Mackie. And we're like pretending to be, you know, I'm like pretending to be the winter soldier or whatever. And I had to do that whole action sequence. And my toe, you can't do anything with a broken toe. It just has to be like there. And, and I did that whole thing with a broken toe and I was dying. Uh, and of course, the entire time, you know, keeping the best stoic looking face ever. <laughs> I love this. This, this superhero is trying to get his work done with a broke, the little toe. The, oh, tiny yeah, little, the, toe. Little, <laughs> the little toe. And by the way, how it happened was as classically human as it all comes. You know, you get up in the middle of the night to pee, I guess, because I'm getting older. And then I'm going to pee in the middle of the night. It's dark. You know, you're like kind of going, you find the thing. And then on my way back, of course, I'm just like closer to the wall, you know, looking for the bed, basically almost there and just ram it right into the corner of the wall. And I'm like, oh, my God. And of course, too tired to even realize that. I'm like, oh, that's going to be fine tomorrow. And the next day I woke up and I couldn't walk. So that's how that happened. Not a cool superhero way to do it. But, uh, you know, There goes that whole fantasy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm ex- I'm picturing like a little shield on your little toe. Oh no! <laughs> what, was, well, what we had, what we had to do in between the takes, like when we had the setups, I would basically like run upstairs, and then like two people would help me out of this boot, and then I just take my foot and just put it in a in a bucket of ice, basically, and just. I sit the entire time until they were setting up the next shot and then quickly take it out, put the boot back on go out there, kick someone through a wooden table and then, and then, you know, repeat the cycle. It's just, that's Did just you, how movies get made. Wasn't there, was there any point where you, you were turned to the stunt coordinator and says, could he, could he kick him with the other foot? Could he not kick him with the foot that, that where I have the broken toe? I might've, I might've, uh, yeah, I might've, I might've used the other foot. I can't remember, but there were like, again some of those needed to be and the weird part is like my it was on my left foot which is my actually my stronger foot like i'm more of a lefty when it comes to i guess legs and kicks and so um it was the it was it was like my very functioning uh kick that was affected but (laughs) you know people have gone through a lot worse you know so (laughs) it's like not something to cry about you just cry later when you're alone listen I, 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 I didn't expect you to tell us about crying over not just I, I I'm obsessed with that it wasn't any toe it was the little one well it's the little toe and you're you know you're always like you know you're all, then you end up in that thing of like really like why like it, it just becomes that it just becomes that sort of like why is this happening you know kind of thing but how, how actually how do you how do you call them and say 
by the way, I might have a little limp, whether, I mean, they saw you sprain your ankle, but how do you call them? I'm like, by the way, you may want to go. I didn't. <laughs> no, I don't think I told anybody. The only person I told was my good friend and stuntman, John Nanya. Like I, that, that's who I told. I said to him, like in between, I was like, dude, just so you know, like I can barely walk. And like, <laughs> he was like, just keep going. Don't worry about it. I'm like, I'm not telling anybody because they're going to freak out. They're going to take me out of the, the whole sequence. And then you're never going to think it's me. But they let me do it. They, they actually let let me do quite a bit which was really nice and you know it's but it's always like that's that's the thing where Mackie is gold right like because you know he'll it's long hours and 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 it's true there's a lot of you know preparation that goes into it and and then and then you just have to kind of laugh about it a little bit you have to find the humor in it and you have to go and and even those moments you know it's like you they things don't always go as planned. And, and sometimes like there's like weird godsends with that, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. I have to, I, th- my favorite action sequence in the, on, on the show was when the Dora Milaje come in and, and kick Wyatt Russell's butt and you and, and Mackie are just, you know, watching it happen, just being like, should we do anything? I don't know. And it's just very satisfying uh, to, to, to watch unfold. Uh, and I'm sure for you, there, at least that part of it was nice because you just you didn't have to do any work. You could just watch the, the action sequence unfold. Well, first of all, Wyatt Russell is such a good actor. I mean, he's also like the he's maybe one of the best human beings I've ever met. I mean, I just honestly, like he became a friend and, and I just champion him and whatever he does. And he, and he, and he took this character. And to me, it's just like one of the most interesting performances that I feel like I've seen. Like I, it just, you know, what he did with that character and, and, and he would have different degrees because, because he could be very funny and like, you know, and, and, and he would sort of take him in all these different places. And like, so in that sequence, it really felt earned, you know, that like John Walker was finally going to get it, you know, and, and, he, and he was really going to be out of his element and, and, and way out of his field and, and that we were going to get to enjoy that happening, you know. Um, but it was it was one of the things one of the things I loved about the show was that, you know, they were we were able to incorporate all these different storylines and worlds and stuff and, and kind of really finally make you know have use of all of all these interesting characters like we haven't had before there's a moment where io um does some sort of magic touch on your shoulder and 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 bucky's arm falls off yeah um, that how did you pull that off I've, I've always wondered like are you wearing like a, just a green sleeve on your on your on your no left, it was it was totally like um i'm i it it worked like like a magic trick, <laughs> like like we were, you know, like in the old days, like whatever, without the CGI, like we had this crazy arm that was beautifully constructed and made, you know, and and then I sort of wrapped mine around, and and they were like, yeah, you just take it and you know, like you just put it in there, and I go, you think that's gonna look okay like i actually had my arm like in the arm right like kind of hiding and then i took the prop arm and just put it and then kind of twisted and just dropped it and then just kind of pulled mine back around and then that that's what i'm sure they like maybe finessed that a little bit but it was really much more 
sort of a Texas switch than anything kind of massively CGI'd, you know. But it was cool because in the comic books, actually, and again, it's a good question to see what ends up happening if anything ever comes of it. But in the comic books, actually, he does, he can take his arm out and just, you know, he sometimes he tosses it out like a shield and it comes back and then like it attaches like immediately right back into place, you know. So it's an interesting it was like a discovery for the character because I was like, oh, okay, that's like a new thing he can do now. But of course, in the moment, he didn't really understand it. That's yeah. how easy it is <laughs> for him to just. <laughs> but be- what will happen? What will happen next is you're going to be able to take off your little toe. <laughs> oh, the little yeah, toe! You know? <laughs> I think honestly, about five months later, I almost had the same thing happen to the other foot. And I was like, no, that's just not because it lasts. It lasts for a while. <laughs> like, I mean, we could talk about it forever. It lasts for like, two, I had that over Christmas, New Year's. Like, I don't think, I think it was like a good six weeks where I was still feeling that little toe. And I'm like, damn, man, can't do anything. Well, Sebastian, thank you for joining us. This is awesome. No, um, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's fun to talk. That was Sebastian Stan and this week's guest co-host, Adam B. Vary. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Remember, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all the latest in Hollywood news, head over to Variety.com. And please, if you aren't vaccinated yet, do so ASAP. See you next time. Mm-hmm.